0: I need some volume up there. I don't know what he did to the mic, but uh, it's all right. Praise the Lord. Um, Tonight, we're going to, um, I'm going to start a compilation of sorts on the patriarchs, learning from God's leaders, and um, in my study, I find it very uh, invaluable, uh, some of the things that uh, took place in their lives are, are exactly what we tend to struggle through their strengths their struggles, their strategies and tonight our patriarch is Abraham and um, what i like to do is I want um, to quote Romans 15.4, we've been there before um, you can write this down and Romans 15, 4 says, whatsoever things were written aforetime, that means in the Old Testament, were written for our learning. Now, let's stop. Um, God, the Holy Spirit, is multifaceted. Not only did the Old Testament have an historical context where narratives and stories were actually lived out, But futuristically, God was going to use, listen to this, the Old Testament for our learning, for those of us that are in the New Testament church age, that when we look back, it's something we can learn from the Scriptures, from the Old Testament. We can learn. It's a learning. And then it says that we, through patience, perseverance, and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So there's three facets there. One, there's a learning uh, apparatus here. It's learning that is perseverance, that if we persevere as they persevered, uh, we will, listen, be comforted and we'll walk away with a greater level of hope. I, I, I just think that's so interesting that uh, Paul wrote the book of Romans, and I believe Paul, Paul was a Pharisee, so he studied the Old Testament very thoroughly as a pharisaical lawyer, and um, it's just interesting, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit sets up our learning, that he sets up our learning through what others have gone through, and it becomes experiential. Romans 5 says, That tribulations, trials, hard times, brings um, patience, patience, experience, and experience hope. So Paul is saying the same thing in Romans 5, that essentially he's saying in Romans 15, that the Old Testament scriptures are used by God to help give us and fill voids as we walk this walk of faith. So what I want to do tonight is concentrate on the patriarch, the the, the different stages in the Bible, and um, Genesis 1 and 11 is what we call the creation stage. It, it deals with creation, chapters 1 and 2, how God in um, six days created everything, and on the seventh day he rested, he finished his work, and then uh, it deals with the fall, chapter 3. It deals with the flood, um, chapter 6 on, chapter 7 on, and then the Tower of Babel, when men became very, very wicked. And the interesting thing about this, uh, about the patriarchs, and and we kind of laid this out before, Abraham, the story of Abraham goes from Genesis 12 to Genesis 24. So those, those, those 12 chapters primarily, all about Abraham. Um, and then you move from chapter twenty-five to uh, uh, chapter thirty-six, and and then it, it deals, it leaves Abraham, uh, twenty-five to twenty-seven, excuse me, deals with Isaac. Isaac only has a short duration in the Bible. And then from, um, um, what did I say, twenty-seven, from twenty-eight to like 35 is Jacob, and then after Jacob, 37 to 50 is Joseph. So God, this is called the patriarch patriarchal stage. Uh, the only thing is that Job is in there the same time Abraham is in there. So when you when you look at the patriarchs, you're looking at Abraham, Job, uh, his son Isaac. Jo, uh, uh, Abraham's son Isaac, Isaac's son Jacob and Esau twins, uh, and, and, and then, of course, Joseph, one of the 12 sons of Jacob, uh, and, and, and God is constantly moving uh, history. But what I want to look at um, tonight in this patriarchal stage is that what amazes me when you do a study is that the first um, 11 chapters uh, spans out, listen to this, over 2,350 years. Just the first 11 chapters. 2,350 years. And then chapter 12 to 50, 39 chapters, is only 350 years. Is that, is that deep or what? So, so one of the things that we, we begin to see is that God, amen, dealt with the world, and then God dealt with a nation. God dealt with a floodlight, and then God moved to a spotlight. Because uh, through this family, through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God was going to bring ultimately the seed of Jesus Christ in this lineage so one of the things that we're, we're going to look at tonight are, 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 are the fascinating things about um, what, what is it that we can learn from the life of Abraham. He made his mistakes. He's the father of faith. Uh, he did a lot of good. Uh, his his uh, strengths, his struggles, and his strategies. And 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 as we duplicate, go back and look at and scrutinize and magnify the life of Abram who turned into Abraham that when we look at this uh, I find it very very interesting and 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 the first thing is I want to look at his calling let's go back to Genesis chapter 11 Genesis chapter 11 amen and and we're going to find out some fascinating things, Genesis chapter eleven is about the Tower of Babel and and uh God is upset and angry because these men suppressed the truth as they did in romans one they didn't want they didn they 't didn't want to retain a knowledge of God, they wanted to build these ziggurats, they wanted to build these towers uh and and the same holy Spirit that brought man together at Pentecost was dispersing men in Genesis 11. Same Holy Spirit. He just did the opposite thing, okay? And he gave everybody a different language so they could not understand each other. And, 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 and then when you get to uh, 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 chapter 11, hang in there with me, and, and, and verse 27, turn there. Uh, I want to kind of pick up the story of Abram, his family, Now, these are the generations of Terah. Terah begot Abram, so Terah is Abram's father. Nahor is his uncle. Haran is an uncle, and and Haran begot Lot. So we're starting to get a genealogy on the characters that that are forthcoming. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity in the Ur of the Chaldees. Now, the Ur of the Chaldees is like 12 miles from the Garden of Eden. It is a seaport and it is a wicked city. Alright, so we see wickedness in chapter 11 and, and Abram and Nahor took them wives the name of Abram's wife was Sarai and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and the father of Ishka but Sarai was barren. She had no child. Now let me, let, me, let me stop and um, look at this from this perspective. Um, whenever God allows something that's um, incomplete, painful, uh, not together, typically, futuristically, as far as own glory, um, your pains and my pains, Uh, Your problems and my problems are probably somewhere united with God's glory in the future. All through the Bible. That God is not, as Swindell says, Dr. Swindell, he's not a cosmic killjoy where he sits in heaven and he's trying to uh, wipe you out or disturb your joy. God God has purpose in everything he does and allow. And he does not always show us his purposes. I know there are some people who think they know everything God wants to do. They don't. Um, God, God does not show all of his purposes, and, and that's why we got to walk by faith. Uh, Job, Job was like saying, why me, why this, why now? And at the end, Job was joyful. Because God restored everything two or threefold. And Job had a whole different perspective um, on God. And so, and so when you begin to uh, allow the scriptures to speak to you, and, and verse 31 says, And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son, now, now listen to these words, and Lot the son of Aran, his son's son, and Sarai his daughter in law his sons Abram's wife, and they went forth unto them from the Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan, and they came unto Haran and dwelt there. Now, slow up, because God didn't call Terah, but Terah took them. Mm, interesting. God called Abram. How he called him, we we have no idea by what means, but God called Abram and the days of Terah were 205 years and Terah died in Haran. Now I've been teaching Genesis for years. I've I've done all the uh, word studies in the Hebrew or most, most of things and the word Haran means a place of delay. That Abram was called by God to go to Canaan. Abram, fooling with his father, got stuck in Haran, place of delay. The way God got him out of the Haran is that he allowed Terah to die. Hmm. So he could take his eyes off of him. Um, then he took him to Shechem, the word Shechem means shoulder, place of strength, and then Mora, M-O-R-E-H, place of instruction. Interesting that strategically, demographically, God has taken him, he allowed him to get delayed 15 years. He called Abraham at 60 years old. Abraham didn't move out until he was 75. 15 years out of the will of God, but God was patient. And sometimes we are going to and fro by our feelings and out of the will of God. We don't hear God. We're not seeking God. We think we know what God is saying. Me too, all of us. We, we, we get stuck in gear. We get stuck in our proverbial harams. And God is not angry with you. It's, just, it's, it's, it's more or less a matriculation to maturity that God is allowing certain things to take place. And when we look at this biographical sketch of Abram or Abraham, we, we, we are noticing his calling, his direction, and it says in chapter 12, verse 1, now, please don't miss that. His father had to die... Before he could hear God. Couldn't hear him before. Father took him. Father took him. Now that doesn't mean if you know, you say, well, who is God gonna kill my? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It just sometimes we cannot hear God because our eyes are on the wrong person. Or we're preoccupied with the wrong thing. We can't hear God. And it says in chapter 12, now, 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 now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country, or the Chaldees, from thy kindred, uh, now, now, now we're going to let, let this, and from thy father's house, your father's dead, I will make of thee, here's the promise, a great nation, I'm going to bless you and make your name great. You're going to be a blessing to the whole world. I'll bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. And in thee, here's the promise, unconditional, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. What does it take for us to really hear God? We got to hear him. We got to hear him. We got to hear him. And 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 then it says uh, in verse four. So Abram departed. So apparently he heard God. He got direction. And the Greek words here, uh, the Septuagint is the Old Testament Greek. The word "ek" is out now the word out grammatically is a preposition it deals with direction well no 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 i i know you know these parts of speech so i'm not going to spend time on that noun name of first place of thing uh, pronoun which helps a noun and verb action word adjective describes adverb is manner of preposition is directional uh, uh and and conjunction is a pause, and a continuation, and interjection, and things like that, but when you look at a preposition, if God takes us out of something, he's automatically taking us into something else. He does not take you out and leave you hanging. So when God calls us out of the world, he's calling us into direction with Christ. Are y'all getting this? See, see, and this, this is why, you know, Sunday, by the grace of God, we dealt with, um, Jesus, uh, the the law came by Moses. Well, when you look at the purpose of the law, the purpose of the law was to curse you. The purpose of the law was to raise a standard that man couldn't live, live up to. All right? The purpose of the law was to frustrate you. As a schoolmaster, Galatians, to lead you to Christ. That was the whole purpose of the law. Nobody kept the Ten Commandments. They couldn't. The flesh nature would not allow them to keep God's holy law. All God was doing when he gave the law was to prove that no man on earth could keep all of his ordinances, all of his commands, because we had a fallen nature. Are y'all getting this? Amen. And if we tried to live out a work system, we was going to hell. Because you was going to blow it. I was going to blow it. And, and it says it was a schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. And so once we got to Christ, Christ said, well, I forgive all your sins, and I am your righteousness. I'm going to impute my righteousness to your account. Therefore, you're free. Therefore, you're clean. Therefore, you're holy. Therefore, you have no sin through the shed blood of Christ. Are y'all, are y'all getting this? So we don't have to try to live up. Now, once the Holy Spirit is in place, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to live out those commandments. To live out those things that the flesh could not live out. Are you getting this? When I got saved, I said, well, I, uh, you know, I wasn't no heavy smoker, but I like smoking. Yeah. Like doing a whole lot of things that I can't take credit for. Because they were attached to my soul, I loved them. I love doing them. And something you love is not easy to just get rid of it. Do I have a witness? Amen. The power of the Holy Spirit had to come in in time. Remember, I said grace, truth, and time out of this man's book. In time, the Holy Spirit. Uh, amen. The, the more truth I got, the more word I got. The 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 new nature start growing and became stronger than the old nature which was with me all my life and it could render it inoperative there's no eradication of the flesh nature the word eradication means it didn't go nowhere it's still with us it's still trying to operate every day do I have a witness you you cannot believe that when you got saved the old nature went out the window it ain't go nowhere Every day we are living in conflict between the natures. And and what's in that old nature is the history, the memories, and everything we did is in that old nature. You can't get rid of it. So when people say, Well, you know, I don't even remember what I used to do, they're lying. I don't remember who I was with. You're lying. That old nature retains, it's your CPU your central processing unit, it retains all that stuff. Now, the new nature when fed renders the old nature inoperative. Shut it down, I'm pulling the plug, I got the power base here. That That's why it's important to grow in Christ. Are y'all getting this? Um, now, a lot of denominations don't get this teaching. So they're under a work system. When they come to church, They put on fronts like they're perfect. They dress like they're perfect. You know, you ain't more holy because you wear a dress down to the ground and you don't put makeup or lifting. You ugly. You ain't more holy. You you can forget that. That, That's out the window, dog. And you got denominations that got caught up in all that. Talking about, uh, we don't do our hair. Baby, you need to do your hair. Or go buy one. You need to do your hair, baby. Don't don't come walking up here with all them naps. Do your hair. You know, and, and, and so, the, you know, these denominations get caught up in this stuff thinking they're more holy. Get not more holy. Holiness is from the inside out. Holiness is not from the outside in. Get some Maybelline in the name of Jesus because your husband will get prayed. He, he gonna get tired of praying with you like that. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Check, check it out. So, so the calling, the calling of, uh the calling of Abraham has to do with a directional device. Verse 4, so Abraham departed. Note, notice, when you hear God and God gives you direction, the next step is departure. As the Lord has spoken unto him and Lot went with him. Now I said, no, no, he told you, leave your family. See, him and Lot, see, him and Lot up the line are going to have some problems. All right? And Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of where? Now, he was called at 60. He got stalled 15 years. See, see, here's what I try to tell believers. And I know I'm a little dogmatic, but here's what I try to tell believers. God will forgive you of any sin you commit through the shed blood of Christ. God will restore you. God will help you out. Da, 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 da. The one thing we can't get back is time. Can't get the time back. So if I'm wasting my time being out of place, that's just a waste. I can't get it back. Do I have a witness? That's why the Bible talks about redeeming the time. You're talking about, well, I'm, you know, me and my husband ain't speaking. We mad. How long that's been going? Three weeks? Are you kidding me? You can't get back that time. Neither one of y'all going anywhere because nobody else wants you. (laughs) So you might as well just go on and reconcile and redeem. (laughs) That's a whole nother sermon there, (laughs) Paul. Redeem the time. Um, Verse 5, And Abram took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son. Look at all these people. And all the substance they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Iran, see, see the baggage? When we are out of the will of God, we accumulate baggage. All, all, all. We are accumulating baggage. One, one of, um, and, and, and listen, I oftentimes deal with it. My baggage in the world weighed me down in Christ. See, all the years I was out there partying and running and getting high and carrying pistols and acting a fool, as my grandmother said, when I got saved and wanted to live right, the baggage came back. The baggage came back. You know, and, the, and see, the baggage is the history of what we used to do and confidence we used to have. And how we reacted and da 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 you know, and uh, it can weigh us down in Christ. It can weigh us down in Christ, you know. And, and, and uh, so my point is, and, and, and God's got to renew our minds, God's got to rejuvenate us so that we, we are open to hearing, you know, God. So the souls, and they had gotten, verse 5, in Iran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. Now it's interesting, there, there's direction, there's departure, there's destiny. The destiny the destiny of his calling is to get to Iran. That's where God wants him. Now, we, we don't need to look at this demographically. We need to look at it metaphorically. Where, where, where is God calling you to go? to be at, to do, da-da, da-da, da that, That's the way we got to look at this thing. And and we start our scripture off on uh, Romans fifteen four that the things that happened before time, Old Testament, happened for our learning, and through perseverance and comfort of scriptures, we might walk away having hope. That if God did it for him, God will do it for me. That, that as we pattern the steps of Abraham, and we see this, there, there is a purpose, there's a preparation, there's a progression, there's a persuasion, there's a promotion. And so Abraham, verse 6, 12-6, Genesis 12-6, passed through the land unto the place of Shechem, that word Shechem means shoulder, strength, unto the plains of Morah, Morah means instruction, and the Canaanite was in the land. Now, now notice All right, I get out of Iran where I'm stuck at. I'm stuck for 15 years. I got to get out of here. I get to some strength in Shechem, but I need to hear from God and more. I need some instruction as to what God would have me to do. And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. Why? Because he's in Canaan now. And there, there in Canaan, he built an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. He removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel, pitched a tent, amen, uh, at, at Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, and he built an altar and he called upon the name of the Lord. So this is significant because... These three things symbolizes the fact that he was in fellowship with God. He built a tent, he called the name of the Lord. He, I mean, he built an altar, he pitched a tent, and he called the name of the Lord. When you see those three things, he's in fellowship with God. He, he, he can hear God. He knows what God wants him to do, X, Y, and Z. And, and that's why I, I have a problem as a pastor, when I hear people on TV who's supposed to be pastors and bishops and telling about you need to reinvent yourself. Well, where's that in the Bible? You don't need to reinvent yourself. You ain't done about reinventing sin. You need to let the Holy Spirit transform you, renew you, rebuild you, remake you, remold you, and get your backside where God wants you to be. Get where God wants you to be. I, am I in the will of God? That's the critical question. Am I? Why? Because in the will of God is where all the blessings going to be. In the will of God is where the peace is going to be. In the will of God is where the power is going to be. We got to get in the will of God. And and, and so we. What is it about this calling, this directional stage? And here it is. I tried to put alliteration of L's. We've got to listen. We've got to listen, and not, 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 not listen to family, not listen to friends, not listen to other. Listen to God. God may tell you, "Be still, right where you are. Just stay there." and 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 the word go does not denote leaving a place per se it means get out of the mindset the habits the direction that you're in you got to leave this man this say this is not my will you got to you got to leave this you got to you got to I, ha- I have no i have no desires to go back in the world none well, I didn't do that. The Holy Spirit did that. I didn't know that I was going back there. I done played that fiddle so long. You know, work all week. Friday come, you come home. The Eagles flies on Friday. You got your paycheck. You wait till 9, 30, 10 o'clock. You take your shower. You put your three-piece suit on. You get in your car. You go to a club. Club is banging. Ooh, who's that? Go over there, talk, get a phone number. All this is a waste of time anyway. (laughs) And then you X, Y, and Z. And guess what? And then a week later, you write back at base one. Lonely, frustrated, something ain't working, something ain't right. Uh, Did that for years, man. Did it for years. You've got to know where God wants you to be. And, and, and you've got to listen to the voice, the succinct voice of almighty God. See, see listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to belabor the point. I've been here 29 years. I used to do all the funerals, all the weddings, all the marriage counseling. That's what made me crazy. Somebody wanted to get married. I had to do it. Somebody wanted. Somebody died. I had to do it. If somebody wanted to get married, I had to do the marriage. I, I'm the one that said nobody's getting married unless they get counseled. And the first thing, the first question I ask you: Are you saved? And when you say no, you won't get married in this church. It ain't happening. So, doing all of that, I heard it all. There's people that get married for the physical, the monetary, the emotional. Well, he got a degree. Well, Satan got fifteen degrees. <laughs> you know, no, I'm serious. He's articulate, he's intelligent, well, she's she's pretty. Look at her. <laughs> Go for it. Mess around, wake up, you'd be next to Jaws. You, we we, 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 we got to understand, and I'm hard on marriage because you're dealing with history. Dog. You ain't dealing with that person you want to You're dealing with history. Nobody's perfect. Everybody got issues. And there's some things that are hidden you can't see. Are y'all going to say amen? amen. Yeah, there, there, there's some hidden things that you can't see in the name of Jesus. And there's hidden things she can't see. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know I was, I didn't know I was marrying into all of this. Well, because you rushed it. I see it every Sunday. You rushed it, baby. You, you know, you're marrying history. You're marrying history. So, the the fact of the matter is, when we look at our history, our history's messed up. It's messed up. It's a sum total of all of our psychological. Reasoning and thinking. And and trust me, as I try to love you, Mom and Dad, who's dead in heaven, they keep popping up. You know, I ain't like the way my mother talked to my dad. So now I'm looking at you. Tried, sucker. Tried, sucker. You you, you know we got all kind of stuff going on up here. It's tight. And you got to, and you got through through the power of the Holy Spirit, you got to work through it. And then some of y'all just crazy. And see, counselors don't like to call you crazy, but I'm the pastor. You're crazy. You're just as crazy as a bed bug. And amen. Yeah, you're, cra- you're, crazy. you're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. Crazy. All right, so, 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 so the fact of the matter is we got to be renewed in, in the spirit of our mind. Our hearts got to be renewed. The Holy Spirit got to get in touch with us. Because we are, you know what's centralizing? What all of us, the key and, and the center letter is I, sin. I, sin, sin, S-I-N, I. It's all about me, myself and I. I ain't never seen so many people in the airport, nobody know them, and they're sitting there taking selfies. And I'll be looking at them going, I told you, when, you know, about 15 years ago, I went to the barber shop when I had some hair. And this young boy got in the chair. He, he's, about, he's about 19. He got the chair. And they cut his hair. And I'm waiting because I'm in a rush, right? So he said, he took the thing. He said, all right, you're finished. And he gave the boy the mirror. And the boy was in the mirror 10 minutes. And he was like this. I said, what is he looking at? <laughs> he's about as ugly as the day is long. What is he looking at? Get him out the chair. I got to go to church. So, so, so my fact is, Lord have mercy. This thing is tight. So, so the fact is that Abraham, his whole direction, he picked up baggage, he picked up baggage, he fellowship with God, and then verse 9, chapter 12, he journeyed going on still towards the south. He's, he's en route. To get to a certain place in Canaan. And here comes the test. And there was a what? Famine in the land. Now, now stop. We're not gonna be too hard on Abraham because we failed tests too. God in his sovereignty allowed a test to grow Abraham's faith. So there's a famine in the, land, in the land where he's going. In the land where he is, a famine comes up. Now, the, the word famine means no food, no crops, nothing. He's, he's faced with potential starvation, hunger. Um, there was a famine in the land, and Abram, in his own reasoning, and here's what we do, Well, I'm going down to Egypt. Now, notice geographically, demographically, Egypt is always down. It's representative of the world. Are y'all getting this? So what made him go down into Egypt if God led him this far? Why did not he just sit there and say, Lord, there's no food and and just trust the Lord. Now he's reasoning, I got to go where the food is. Yeah. And and the problem with us is that when the test comes up and when, when times get tough, instead of us just being still and let God be God, because he can furnish a table in the wilderness. Can he do it? We decide the best thing for me and my family is the go down into Egypt. Now let me tell you how you know when you're out of the will of God. There's a whole bunch of confusion. Whole bunch of confusion. Look, 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 he went down to Egypt to sojourn there for the famine was grievous in the land. So so, so now, 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 Lord have mercy, His direction is starting to capture something. It came to pass when he was come near to enter into Egypt that he said unto Sarai, now now the reason I know all this because I did a study. Josephus the Jewish historian who was a historian, he was a Jew. He wrote on uh, biographical he, he wrote biographical. Uh, sketches on uh, biblical characters and he said Sarai was probably the prettiest finest woman in all the bible she was it she was it and when you walking with it you got some worries yeah it so here's what happens. Hmm. My God, today. Pretty women is something, but you're gonna pay the price. Amen. Y'all can say y'all, y'all ain't gonna say nothing. You're gonna pay the price, Doc. If you wanna be happy for the rest of your life. Never make a pretty woman your wife. Yeah. Uh Pretty women can't cook. Pretty women are self. They only worry about themselves. Yeah. Pretty women ain't hanging in there too long. Yeah, there's a whole lot of things about pretty women. Can I get a witness? Yeah, well, I'll leave that one alone. So here's what happens. Abram... Uh Uh-huh. Said unto Sarai, his wife, behold, now I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Boy, you fine. Any man in the world would want you. Now, most of y'all ain't got to worry about this, but listen. Any man in the world would want you, Doc. You are it. You are 12. You are 10. You are 15. You are 20. You all of that. Hmm. Jesus. Jesus. Can I, can, I, can I stop and tell y'all a joke? Can I, can I stop and tell y'all a joke? Now, you know I was in the military seven years, 68 to 74, during the Vietnam cover And I was stationed, I was stationed out D.C. 73, Me and Juan Peters and all of us were down there. And I'm in a club, and I could not believe this, man. This guy, he, uh, he walked, he said, he said, hey, baby, how you doing? He said, you are so fine. You know, we had a party. You're so fine. And the girl that opened the mouth, she just sat there and looked at him. He said, man, you fine. He said, man, you the finest one up in here. The girl just sat there. He said, what's your name? And she said, my name? He said, man. He didn't say man. He said, man. And her teeth. He said, baby, he said, your piano keys are messed up. (laughs) He said, you need some new teeth, baby. You, You know, GIs are cold. And I sat there and I hit the ground screaming. Uh, whatever. See where the Lord bought me from. Um. But check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out. Now, no, Jesus wouldn't do that. Jesus just make a new pair of teeth, right? All right, so check this out, check this out. And and the Bible says, he says, I know you're fair to look upon, verse 12, therefore it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see you that they shall say, this is his wife, and they will kill me to have you. Now, let let pastor say this. Once you go down into Egypt, you got to start lying. Once you go back into the world, you got to start lying. I know what I'm talking about. Happened to me. Got saved, man, and was going to Bible study every Friday night. Going to church every Sunday, reading my Bible, trying to, you know, change. And uh my boys came around to pick me up one Friday. They said, Come on, you wanna go out? I said, No, nah, I'm laying. There. They said, uh, and 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 the Lord and, and I felt like somebody saying, witness to him. And I said, Man, I'm saved. They said, Saved? <laughs> what does that mean? You know, these boys are going to hell. And, and and uh come in the house, where the blow, man. What you you know, what's up? yeah, you, you know. And I'm 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 struggling and I finally got in my car and go to a club. Club is packed, man. I walk in the club. I sit at the bar. I ordered a drink and this girl I know was sitting there and she said, how you doing? Where you been at? I said, laying low. <laughs> Here I go. Start lying. I ain't tell her I was saved. I ain't putting no track. I said, just laying low, baby. Laying low. You got to start lying. And uh I ordered a drink and this honest got truth. I took the drink and I put it to my mouth and then my glass started shaking. And a tear ran down here because I felt like I failed God. And I heard the voice of Jesus so clear in that club. This is what he said. He said, I understand. Going home. I love you. Well, if that had been church for Look at it, look at ya drunk. You know what? You need to repent. Isn't God patient with us? Isn't the Lord patient with us? Isn't the Lord loving? Huh. So he starts lying. Verse thirteen. Say, I pray thee, that you're my sister. Then it'll go well with me. And it came to pass, verse 14, when Abram was come into Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman that she was very fair. Here they go. The princes also of Pharaoh saw her and commenced her before Pharaoh. Now they're telling Pharaoh, Pharaoh, you got to see this one. This one's out of this world. Mm-hmm. So... And he entreated Abraham, well, verse sixteen, for her sake. And she had to be found out. And he had sheep, oxen, and asses, and men servants, maid servants, she asses, camels, and the Lord plagued Pharaoh, and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. And Pharaoh called Abraham and said, "What is this that thou hast done?" And and so Pharaoh comes out and says, why do not you tell me she was your wife? God plagued me. Now, Abraham wouldn't tell the truth, but God told the truth. Isn't it a pity when the world rebukes you? Isn't Isn't it really a pity when people going to hell get up in your face and say, I thought you was a Christian? Happens all the time. Happens all the time. And and so Abram, I mean, these, these are just the experiences of Abraham. And here's what happened, verse chapter 13, real quick. And Abraham went up geographically out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot went with him unto the south. And Abram, now now, now stop because I don't want to run out of time, but I want to set the stage here. Every pit stop, you're picking something up. Say, picking something up. Every time you and I at a fellowship, we're picking something up. Guess what Abraham and Sarah picked up in Egypt? A 19-year-old handmaid named Hagar. She's going to come back and haunt the family. Y'all ain't getting this. Just pick them up pick them up. Me and Sister G was raising our three kids. I said, baby, I'm working at church full time. You there with me? Well, you know, you're working there. I said, uh, we need to hire a maid. We need to get a maid. She said, I'm gonna choose. I said, no, you won't. So Sister G said, I want somebody 80 years old with no teeth. I said, she won't come up in head hair <laughs> You kidding me, Sister Arnold? I'm gonna come home tired from church and look at somebody. Hi, Hi. how was your day? Not, not in this house, dog. <laughs> look at her. Look at. Her. She turned red. Look, she turned red. Oh. Uh. Well, the May story went out the window. But anyway, um, and he was rich. Verse two. In silver and gold, that's going to haunt them. That's going to haunt them. So you got riches, you got a handmaid. And verse 4, unto the place of the altar which he had made there. And here it is, he called on the name of the Lord. He pitched a tent and he built an altar. Verse 7, but there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram and the herdsmen of lot. Are y'all seeing this? Yeah. Proverbs 14:1 says, listen to this, a woman, a foolish woman destroys her own house. Now, that's not saying that the man ain't got nothing to do with it, but all the stuff that we pick up on the way, ph- philosophically, relationally, listen to your friends and your family, all the stuff we pick up on the way comes back to haunt us. We got to be so careful that we're hearing God. Are y'all getting this? Yeah. So check this out real quick. I'm I'm, I'm moving on. So finally, um, there's strife, verses 10, and Abram tells Lot, Look, we are at odds. You're my nephew. Whatever you do, let's, let's, if you go left, I'll go right. You go north, I'll go south. Let's split the land up. And the Bible says Lot who was saved chose Sodom and Gomorrah because the plain looked good. And that's where Lot dwelt in Sodom and then Gomorrah. Abraham went the opposite way. Interesting. Hmm. Um, and, and, and the interesting thing is that all these matriculations, all these movements are adding to both the faith and the failure of Abraham. He's learning lessons, and we learn lessons. That everything that glitters is not gold. Everything that seems positive is not positive. Everything that seems rich is not rich. You gotta, you got you gotta pray through things and read into things. And am I in the place of God? Mm. So there, there, there are a lot of things that's kicking off here. And then, real quick, chapter fourteen. Uh, lot is kidnapped along with a lot of other things, and Abram gets 350 men, and Abram goes out and 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 fights. So we got the calling, the conversion, Canaan, and his carnality. His carnality was when he went down into Egypt and lied, and then we we got his courage in chapter 14. He gets 350 men, and he's going to fight for his nephew, and and he's going to win. And then we got his communion. In chapter 14, when he meets Melchizedek, a type of Christ, and he tithes 10% into Melchizedek, tithing into his posterity of uh, Isaac and Jacob and Joseph. So we get to chapter 15, and we see the Abrahamic covenant. Now, now, please, before we get to chapter 15, notice chapter 14, verse 21. And the king of Sodom said... Unto Abram, give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. And Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up mine hand unto the Lord, the Most High, El Elyon, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take a thread or shoe latchet from you. So Abraham defeated these five kings. And the kings wanted to pay off Abraham. Abraham said, No, I don't want your money because. If I take your money, then I'm indebted to you. So, 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 this this gets interesting. Then we move to the covenant, chapter 15. And after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram and said in a vision, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield protection and thy exceedingly great reward provision. And Abram said, "Lord God, what wilt thou give me seeing? I go, childless! By this time he's 86 years old. And the steward of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, "Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And the Lord and, the, and, and behold, the word of the Lord came unto him saying, This shall not be your heir." But he that shall come out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth, and he says, Look now, and God is telling him to look at the stars in heaven, the sea on the, I mean, the sand on the seashore, and, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring this to a close. God ratified his promises and his covenant. And here it is. Listen to this. He put Abraham to sleep. He told him to get He told me to get these animals, put them on the ground, light a fire, and then God put him to sleep. And the reason God put him to sleep is because this covenant, amen, was um unilateral. This covenant was between God and God. It was it wasn't between. At, it wasn't between Abraham and God. It was it was between God and God. God put, yeah, God put Adam to sleep and took a rib. God put Abraham to sleep and gave him a covenant. And God put Jesus to sleep and got him up on the third day. There's something about this sleep. Some something about the fact that. When you, when you look at this covenant that God is promising to him. ah, It is, in verse 18, the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying unto the, thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Canaanites, the Kesarites, and, and the Kamanites, and the Hittites, the Perizzites." God says, I I'm giving you this. Now, before we close, before we close, if we're going to learn something and persevere through something and have hope in something, after the courage of fighting the five kings, the communion with Melchizedek, the covenant That God created. After all of that. Abraham compromised. He compromised. How did he compromise? Well. The next chapter. Chapter 16. Now Sarai. Abraham's wife. bear him no children. Now God just told him. You're going to have one out of your own bowels. See here's what happens. Every time God. Says something in the. Affirmative. Satan is going to come back to make you and I question what God had already told you through circumstances, the reasoning. The reasoning is the man's 86 years old. How in the world is he going to have a baby? Now, that that, that means you got to review and Sarai is 10 years younger than him, so you, you got to review everything from a natural perspective to understand what he was struggling with. When a woman has a baby, she's got to have a menstrual going on. She's got to have a milk in her breast to feed the baby. All of those things are natural. Fallopian tube, not Philippian, fallopian tube. Gotta be, I said Philippian tube street. He was looking at me like, where'd he come from? Huh? Fallopian tube. There are certain things that a woman has to have strength to push that baby out. Uh Wow. God makes us a promise and waits until everything looks impossible. He's going to dare you now. He' going he gonna to live on. He' going to wait for you to start reasoning with your mind. Yeah, you know, this can't happen because, and, and we do that. Don't we do that? You've been praying for years, Lord, uh, give me a vision. Lord, I like to start a business. Lord, I like to do this. I like to go back to school. And God, it's not that God didn't hear your prayer. God will let all the interference come in. God God will let hell break out. God, God will let everything go topsy turvy. Amen. Because what He's trying to do is to get you and I to stand. On his promises and not just sitting in the premises. God wants us to walk away saying, I don't know how he's gonna do it, I don't know by what means he's gonna do it, but I'm trusting him to do it. He's an impossible God. He, he, he may not come when you want Him, but he, He's right on time. He's not the kind of God that's going to give me a calculation. He's not going to show me everything. But if I trust Him, He's going to work this thing out. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to work this thing out. So Sarai, because Sarai was close to Abraham, said, come on and go into my 19-year-old handmaid, have a baby, and then we'll be fine, but it wasn't God's will. Could be somebody close to you is detouring you from God. You got to listen to him, because after Ishmael was born, and the word Isaac means laughter. Sarai laughed when the angels came and said, you were still having a baby. She laughed. And if God promised it, he's coming through. Can I get a witness? Child of God, what, what do we learn tonight about Abraham? Oh, yeah, yeah, his strengths, his struggles, his strategy. We learn that he makes mistakes just like we make mistakes. He falls just like we fall. He fails in his faith just like We fail in our faith. Now go out the door with this one. The failure of your faith does not stop God's faithfulness. You can keep on failing. You can keep on failing, and God will come through because he cannot deny himself. Do I have a witness? He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-wise. Can I get a witness? And God is going to make it happen for his name's sake. So when you start praising him, you have nothing to do with the praise session. You will say, I was young, and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, never seen the sea begging. My children were wayward, and I prayed, and the Lord saved them. My husband was sick, and the Lord healed him. My wife was there, and the Lord did this for her. Can I get a witness? That's what makes God God. He lets us fail. Then he shows up. He wants you to know he's got all power. He wants you to know he's able to do far exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think, to the only wise God, our Savior be glory and dominion, be glory and dominion. I am what I am by the grace of God. I'm here tonight because Jesus showed me grace and truth. Snatched me out of hell with smoke still in my garments, put me on a street called straight. I can't take no credit for nothing. It's all Him, all Him, all Him. Stand on your feet. As every head is bowed, if you're here tonight, and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, he died for your sins, was buried rose again, just raise your hand. We invite you to join the family of God. Or perhaps you want to join the church in your Christian experience. That one, Father, as we depart this premise, these premises, help us to realize you're not waiting on us to be perfect. You're not going to bless us based on our faith. You've got a will and a way and a word that when we're weak, you are strong. Thank you for the lessons we learned from Abraham and help us to walk by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. See you Sunday, Pastor. 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 7 and 9.30, 7 and 9.30. Sign up for the marriage retreat.